and welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. And I'm Elaine. And as always, we have a craft and a crime. Woo-hoo! And I'm doing the crime again. again! <laughs> <laughs> and that is because Elaine has family out from out of state, so she's been a little busy. And that's okay. I don't mind doing the crime. I've been so busy, so th- I'm, I was funny because when I was doing my research, I was like, oh no, it's really short, but it worked out okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been so busy. Yeah. Now you have. You went, what, to the aquarium? yesterday just lots of running around too yeah we had a funeral and stuff too that was the the reason for the visit so that was first yeah yeah the funeral was first and then and then fun stuff after yeah so So the relaxing trip and this episode will actually release when my nephew's here (gasps) yeah i know it will uncle jack doesn't listen to this he doesn't listen to us (laughs) but he wouldn't (laughs) but it's okay because sandra would already be here oh that's right that's right yeah (laughs) yeah so my nephew uh lives out in germany because my husband was born and raised in germany so all of his, his mom and his sisters are out there so all of my nieces nephews are out in germany and sandro my nephew he came out five years ago um to stay with us for a while he had just turned 15 mm-hmm. and it's crazy now because he's gonna be 20. and now i feel so sad because i had no idea he was here and i was three and a half miles away I know. <laughs> no and usually like we are busy the last time he came out i had lincoln was a baby he was took his first steps when sandro was here and um yeah, so it's just so weird to think that Sandro was the same age that Troy is now. Last mm-hmm. time he came out, and so now he's almost twenty, and he's so an adult. Yeah, he's an adult. He's got a job, an apartment, mm-hmm. all that. It's just so weird. But yeah, so I'm excited. He'll be here for a couple weeks. So by the time this comes out, he would have been here for a week. Yay! Yeah, because he flies in on the nineteenth. So I'm Fun. so excited, and we're surprising his grandpa so he doesn't know he's coming <laughs> and um so he was like don't tell grandpa i'm coming i want to surprise him and invite him over for like a barbecue or something and then just like have sandra walk out yeah so i'm excited Exciting. i'm really excited it's crazy to think by the time this Can comes I out call? Gonna... <laughs> yes of course <laughs> you know, pop on over <laughs> it's so funny the fact that like we could just go back and forth to each other's houses and even your husband's kind of like knocking and like all and i'm like no just come in i just, just open come. the door yeah. as long as it's not just locked come like oh we're not supposed to just walk in your house <laughs> <laughs> so yes you can come when sandra is here it'll be so fun well i know you're going to the airport with me so i'm not alone because we got to yeah. drive all the way out to la that's like a long drive to la yeah in traffic in the afternoon what time is it again um his flight gets in at 2 35 p.m. so we have to leave at noon yeah pretty much (laughs) just to make sure just in case yeah because the drive back from the aquarium i started to feel really sick and i had to go to sleep while my mom was driving because the traffic was so ridiculous it was Uh crazy i mean it the the distances shouldn't be that long anyway but it's you know it didn't take anywhere from a couple hours but Mm -hmm. this was just ridiculous and we were just tired from the day yeah it sucked i felt bad i was like are you sure because i usually am always the person that stays awake with her and everyone else uh-huh. will fall asleep and so i was like can i please close with my eyes <laughs> i need to go to sleep yes. i'm sorry and she's like no it's fine i said are you sure 
felt so bad. Well, it's one of those it was daytime, but still. Yeah. Lenore had already fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah. I get so car sick as a passenger. I have to drive everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, and then Avery gets sick, car sick, so. Our poor girls. It's just the they girls. All do. It's yep. all the girls. All the it's girls. not the boys. Nope. Scarlet does too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. So, anyways, well, enough about us. I mean, it is our podcast. We could do what we want. <laughs> and we will do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah. So, what? Oh, I, I know what you. This yes. is like the one time we kind of vaguely know what each other is doing. Mm-hmm. But what each other's <laughs> is doing. You know what I mean. I know. Yeah. So yes. I know you're doing. Yeah, today I'm talking color. about the color red, and it's actually I'm not doing a really super deep dive because the original was for the longest time, and then it was nothing but synthetics, and that's all chemical mm. chemistry. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I can I will gather some links for that part that I won't be reading at all. So if you want to see that, they will be in the sources for like the chemistry of other red colors yeah because we were talking about this it's we try to keep it as interesting as possible without getting too mundane and like mm-hmm. too detail yeah if you're really because, into that check yeah the i will show leave notes. it for you I'll, mm-hmm. I'll make sure and if there's anything that i think is interesting that i didn't read like i'll put that there too mm-hmm. so in about fifteen thousand bc okay there has been found you know cave drawings in the region of spain <laughs> he's making biscuits <laughs> on a backpack yeah my cat and um it was red clay and the red clay got that coloring from hematite okay and so they would scrape it up and wet it and process it and they used it for paint and this is in the paleolithic era mm-hmm. and they would also use it as body paint and they covered the dead with it when they buried them they okay. think that the color symbolized um you know strength and keeping mm-hmm. them strong and they also believed that it was used to neutralize odor because clay as it is in cat litter it's not the best but it will mm-hmm. and so they think that it helped neutralize odors as well oh when okay. they were buried with it um pretty quickly that was what was used forever was just this type of clay, clay. Okay. and uh-huh and then the next thing that was moved on to was red ochre which is mined and the Romans really loved it. And the it as it continued it moved through and they ended up finding something else. Um and this is what people know as the color vermilion. Oh, okay. The problem with vermilion is a little bit of science here that I think is pretty interesting because actually I just found out about natural mercury not too long ago before I did this research. Mm-hmm. Um, vermilion comes from the mineral cinnabar. Well, okay. cinnabar is actually oxidized mercury. Oh. And it's extremely toxic. Not to the touch, but how they had to process it. Mm-hmm. The way they processed it to uh, extract it was it was crushed and heated up so that the mercury evaporated out. Oh, and so the Roman slaves that they had doing this job because they were obsessed with this color mm-hmm. was they literally that if you were sentenced right? to do this job, you were sentenced to death. That, yeah, because you were just going to be inhaling all inhaling this. the yeah. vapors, which is the thing. Um, I do not absolutely recommend this, but we are the children of our times. And mm-hmm. we used to have these little puzzles back in the day for any youngsters that had mercury in them. Mm-hmm. And 
if it broke, you could like roll it around in your hand because we knew it was toxic, but they didn't. Yeah, it, it was. It's the vapors that come from it, not touching it. It's in oh, the inhalation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, under the proper scientific equipment, if you ever see people in videos who are ever handling it, they typically have gloves on, and mm-hmm. if they don't, it's because they have the proper PPE face wear. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so moving through, in about the 1500s in Mexico, the Spanish landed and they realized that they, the Mexican people had really, really beautiful, vivid red mm-hmm. textiles. Yeah. And they found out that they were harvesting a type of a beetle from the meaty fleshy part of the oh, nopales okay. cactus and it's called a cochineal beetle okay and I for gardeners they're a type of scaly pest mm-hmm. and they will harvest up these beetles and just crush them let them die mm-hmm. dry up in the sun and then they scrape them and it is the most beautiful type I think of I red remember learning about that in school Probably. It, it sounds very familiar. Either yeah. that or like at a museum or something. And it's really funny because the area that we live in, there will be some front yards. And I'm like, look at that. And they are infested with the cochineal scale oh, because really? it's probably was <laughs> imported. No. It was, oh, my God. We totally should because the thing, it's a pest. It's yeah. killing the plant. Yeah. Near my daughter's old school is one of them. And I mm. am friendly with the people that live in the house because they watched me walk her to school for five mm-hmm. years every single day. Um, we could ask them. We should. We that could totally try. It would be because we're also going to make paper for you guys. We're, mm-hmm. We have some lists already of some of the to try to recreate as much as we can would be really fun. That would be. It yeah. would be. We'll really get there fun. eventually. Yes. So um I'll talk a little bit more about that, but we're going to go back a little bit. In these same times in Europe, the reason why they were jealous AF was Mm -hmm. because of the simple fact what their vivid red was, Mm -hmm. was from the matter plant. Okay. And I really meant to Google this and I did not, but I think it's the Kermes plants. They're both um, plants and I'll, you know, I'll have pictures of them. I can put. I'll try to collage something together so I have like a million Mm -hmm. million pictures yeah but um and it was the same process if you listen to my other color explanations Mm -hmm. of just mushing and mashing and squeezing color out and Mm -hmm. the color that came out it was red but it was like muddy Mm murkyish reddish iron not not beautiful not like that okay and so um as time progressed, they realized that these cochineal beetles, they were able to be used in a multitude of things because they were odorless and flavorless. Mm. So, Wait, car- the beetles? Yes, the beetles. Were flavorless? Flavorless. I don't think of a bug as flavorless. Well, we have all eaten it. <laughs> what? And what? Is that where we get- Natural red number four. <gasps> What is wait red dye forty or no four? number four? It will be listed as natural red four, and it is from carmine. If you've wore lipstick, you put carmine beetles on your mouth, mm. and it's a very common colorant in a lot of things. 
one of the issues is that, you know, I understand for the vegan community, they do not use it because mm-hmm. it is the killing of a creature. creature yeah. And it is kind of sad, but the oh, prop, over here being it, like, is, it is bugs. kind of, yeah. But yes, it so it was used as food additives. It used to be used in Campari. I do think it is still used in Campari to make give it that really beautiful red. What's, what's it's a, it's, I'm sorry. It's a liquor. <laughs> oh, okay. I, think, I believe it's a liqueur and it's red. And I think it's pomegranate or cherry flavors and like that. Oh, okay. And I'm all red. like on my head like, oh, yeah. I know what that is. No, most <laughs> of most food up until not long ago was colored with natural red number four. Huh. And I personally would rather take in that color because red number 40 is a byproduct of oh, petroleum. So Yeah, it's so bad. And I my, know several people that are also very sensitive. reactive. Yeah, that's yes. my son, mm-hmm. Lincoln. I swear you it's give him anything with poison. dye. I'm sorry. Oh, I but hate it. It's I a byproduct so of petroleum. Like that's Well, we were talking <laughs> about it was the yellow dye, um, yellow dye. 20 i don't know whatever it is mm-hmm. in and, mountain dew and, don't sue us it's yes, sorry and it's allegedly in pickles <laughs> yes and my son will plow through like a gallon of pickles mm-hmm. like the big the dill pickles <laughs> and yeah. in that liquid they have that yellow dye yeah and and we have so many pickle jars mm-hmm. i mean probably 20 of them that i use because they're gallon jars it's a good jar yeah and it, <laughs> and, it, box. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it has this dye and so That's i crazy. just switched over to like the walmart brand that doesn't have the dye in it mm-hmm. they use like turmeric and stuff yeah which i'm like mm-hmm. why do you need to put dye in stuff I but know. yeah I, my favorite brand are the vlasic purely pickle mm-hmm. and because it's literally just a pickle in the brine like it's uh-huh. not dill it's not garlic it's just and they don't add any dye and you see probably because people are like oh it's like grayish clear yeah the green makes it i don't think it it's well, like a radioactive our, pickle <laughs> we've made our own pickles before and they're just not like lime green exactly you know but yeah what do we get it's the the i don't know now the what mount, we swapped to the mount olive that's what it was, yeah, right? The, yeah, the green, that's what we the, got. Yeah, but then yeah. I just switched to mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I, I think wish you they... switched to great value, like Walmart yeah, brand, right? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. So, but yeah, okay. So the red four <laughs> yes, is natural, more natural. Red number well, four. it is natural. It is. It's from okay. the cochineal beetle. I learned mm-hmm. something. Today. Yeah, <laughs> and the carmine colorant um, is really beautiful. I have a lot of natural pigments and a lot of mica pigments, and um, I don't, I don't have that one. Um, but I honestly, I would w- much rather eat a beetle than some like crappy Petroleum. gas byproduct. Yeah. Gross! Like yeah. that sounds horrific. Like just the thought is so gross. I'd rather eat a beetle. It like it's it's a flavorless and odorless. Don't get me started on vanilla extract. I know. I was just thinking the fake the- kind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The fake kind. Oh, the fake kind. Yeah, the fake kind. But it's is all that the fake vanilla. Beaver castorium, yeah. which is beaver Blech. testicle juice. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, um, I knew that one. Yeah, that's in it's not anymore. Oh okay. to make people feel better. It is not anymore. But it was originally now they've been able to synthesize it differently, but uh-huh. it was originally, so that was the basis of the flavor. But I think Omochek, but I think I don't remember. I don't Man, we gotta do like a whole we're thing do like on a just weird, like here we go. Yeah, scent a sense. Um, products fla- flavors allegedly yeah <laughs> like, all this just sounds like slander it's not i know it's not i do know i did I know about the candy. beaver stuff and yeah. 
then I did not know about the Beatles. Yeah. So that's interesting. I have just a little f- couple fun facts. Oh, yay. My favorite. So um, babies, the first colors that they can see outside of the black and white scale is red. It's the very oh. first color. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I had some baby toys. For and they have like the black, white, and then they have like big red spots uh-huh. or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just one other little one is uh, people who suffer from traumatic brain injuries can actually get full temporary color blindness and the first color that comes back is red that's crazy mm-hmm. Ta-da! Wow. yay that's so interesting <laughs> yeah not bad a little short like yeah that's fine but, but it's like it's you don't want to just keep rehashing the same thing that we've learned before mm-hmm. you know of and it's colors it's all this, the same thing. the same process yeah red got royalty all the colors they immediately took it because it was beautiful yeah because it was what was the best at the time it was the hype so mm-hmm. they wanted it and it was expensive so it was, the more expensive it was the more they wanted it so mm-hmm. it was the same thing red became a symbol of like power royalty and so mm-hmm. yeah i know purple like we were talking about definitely it's like royal purple royal red and royal blue yeah it just they took them all yeah <laughs> who took royal had- yellow <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> so I think wow. I might cover yellow. I'm not sure. There, it's kind of not a lot. I could probably, um, but I can get some dates. But they're, it's basically it's like we just said. Same. It's like turmeric, yellow ochre. It's minerals, and if there was something, it's probably clay. Yeah, I'm almost sure of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the first one, purple, was the shells, or the mm-hmm. not the shells, the the snail, the snail. juice. Ew. And then <laughs> blue was, was that an animal or creature? Poison. No, it was um I can't remember. Uh right? I just did it and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying Who to knows? think of how many creatures have to yeah. like no, be um, involved in color making. Because blue, you know, you no. think of like No, the blue was minerals. Oh yes, that's minerals. right, that's right. And plants. Yeah. But the plants weren't color fast. Okay, that's right. So yeah, you think blue about blue doesn't really exist a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun fact. I actually just found this out, which oh fun. Okay. Blue jays are actually not blue. What? What no, it is only a reflect refraction of the light surrounding them. When you hold them up close, if you turn them around and you look around, their feathers what? are actually a translucent gray. What? Dude. But they're so bright. I know. I just found it out. It's a trick of the spectrum of light. Oh my gosh. That's magic. So crazy. When we were I up- say it all the time. Nature is magic. Yeah. Like, that's magic. It's like a rainbow on their body makes them blue. It is. That's <laughs> crazy. When we went up to Lake Arrowhead and we... um. Got an Airbnb. Well, my parents got an Airbnb and then we all just went. And um, there were so many blue jays up there. The windows were like perfect. Oh, you could see nice. the forest and the lake. There's so many blue jays flying around and I had never seen that many in my yeah. life before. It was so pretty. I barely have ever seen them. They're super rare. Like on the up to Lake shout out to the, <laughs> to the Merlin app oh, that yeah. Cornell University put out. Um, it's totally free to use and you help them keep track of birds in your local area because it's through Cornell University's ornithology department Mm -hmm. and, um, it'll show the birds like what is possible to be seen locally in your area that day, that exact Mm -hmm. day. Like the likelihood of Mm -hmm. you seeing them. Yeah. And so there's a few of them here and I'm like, I've never seen, not that I can think of right off the top of my head any type of the jays or bluebirds around here yeah pretty inner city though yeah but Mm -hmm. yeah like i said up in arrowhead they had so many i was just fascinated i would stand at the kitchen 
drinking my coffee mm, or drinking I my wine that. and like look outside and I'm just like, oh my God, it's so pretty. I just want to bird watch. <laughs> and that's yeah. all I did really. It's nice. So anyways, birds. Mm, me too. And you've got a billion in your backyard right now. It's so cute. They are super cute. They're yeah. just like, again, I use the Merlin app and I mm-hmm. found out they're just like little house finches and just regular finches and they're so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, little ha- European house sparrows too. Yeah. They're so, they're cute. so cute. So we'll just sit there and watch them eat. They the... eat a lot. Yeah, it's they crazy. do. Crazy. I have that to whole feed her every single day. Yeah, I have to feed it, uh, fill, fill it up every single night, which mm-hmm. I don't mind because I realize I have made them a resource that I have to continually resupply because they're gonna get lazy. Yeah. And when winter comes, that's where they're gonna come mm-hmm. is to the backyard. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's gonna be so fun. It's gonna be really cute. <laughs> cute. When everything around is all ugly and poopy, there's gonna be cute little birds. Yeah, at least the birds hopping around. Yeah okay okay gotta bring, bring it down. down i'm sorry <laughs> your hair job. is so pretty and curly right now <laughs> thanks because <laughs> i washed it okay so as i had hinted i am talking about a serial killer in alaska so whoop i don't know what happened okay that's okay mm-hmm, my notes disappeared Okay, so this starts in 2016. So on July 3rd, 2016, at 741, a 911 call came in. And the caller says she's on Ship Creek Trail, and there's two people laying down on the path, and she thinks that they're dead. Oh, no. Yeah, so she says there's blood coming out of their heads, and the guy for sure is dead, and that blood is coming out of the girl's head. So, um, detectives arrived on scene and were able to quickly identify both victims because they both had their IDs on them. Oh. So, there wasn't a, you know, we don't know who these people are. So, Mm -hmm. thankfully, they were able to be identified. And they were identified as 41-year-old Jason Netter and 20-year-old Brianna Foise. Mm -hmm. They were friends. And they were both living the transient lifestyle, so homeless, you know, um... And so Jason loved nature and kind of enjoyed being a transient. Mm -hmm. He um, had recently, though, told his brother he was kind of thinking of changing up his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw this on a show called See No Evil. Mm -hmm. It's on Discovery Plus, like most of my other shows. (laughs) And um, so his sister talks and she was saying she hadn't really talked to her brother, but but her other brother had talked to him. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was the last time anyone heard from him before he was killed. Now, Brianna, 20 years old, sweet and bubbly. She actually enjoyed writing poetry and music and singing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so these two people, you know, there's really no reason. Like, why were these two people targeted? Why were mm-hmm. they killed? Um, it's It seemed so random. Yeah. So detectives noticed that their bodies were still warm. So oh, wow. it, it must just have happened. just happened moments before the 911 call at 741. So both had been shot once in the torso and then once in the head. And nothing appeared to be missing from either victim. So it looked random mm-hmm. and unprovoked. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were also no shell casings at the scene. So oh. this told detectives it was a revolver mm-hmm. because a revolver doesn't shoot out 
casings. Yeah. Um, there was a bullet actually found in a fence post nearby. So they collected it and sent it to ballistics. Awesome. So then they talked to the witness and she says that, well, the witness, the 911 caller. Right. Know that she's the witness. She said that she was riding her bike on the bridge on Ship Creek Trail and had come across a man that said, hey, there's two dead bodies on the trail down there, so be careful. <laughs> so she's like, what? So she rides her bike and sure enough, she comes across the bodies and immediately calls 911. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. And so, but unfortunately, she couldn't really describe what he looked like because she didn't really pay attention to what he looked like. You know, she's just riding her bike. And so she couldn't give them a description. There were no cameras on the trail. So they were trying to like look at areas around the trail to see if the sus- suspect could be captured on surveillance, like mm-hmm. going to or from the park mm-hmm. or the trail yeah and the ship creek area was actually really industrial and there weren't like houses and stuff mm-hmm. um not really a lot of people around and so about one or two blocks away there was a an electric company and detectives noticed that there was a camera like on the corner that kind of pointed towards where people would be walking towards the trail mm-hmm. so they back up the camera a few minutes before because they figured it must have just happened their bodies were warm so yeah. it was right around the time the 911 call came in so they back up the camera a few minutes and they see someone walking past the business, the electric company, towards the trail. Mm-hmm. And they could see this person was most likely a male and he was wearing a bulky jacket and a hoodie or a hat, like covering his head. And mm-hmm. he had a tan backpack. So the video was really grainy and that's basically all that they could see. Mm-hmm. Um, so the timeline matched up really well to the time that this person would have encountered the victims and then the witness yes uh so they took a picture from the surveillance video and they distributed it to police in the area to keep an eye out for someone looking kind of matching some Mm -hmm. description and they sent it obviously into the media and so detectives obviously had to contact the families and tell them what happened and that's why i said like on the show jason Jason's sister is talking and Mm -hmm. she just talked about him that he was sweet and loving. She had no idea who could do this. And she had actually never heard of Brianna until this. And, but so she knew that they were friends Mm -hmm. and she said he most likely took her under his wing because she was so young. Mm -hmm. And, um, that makes a lot of sense. He just seemed like an actual legitimate, like nice guy. Mm -hmm. So, and they had the relationship where she, he would have told her if he, I have a new girlfriend or something named Brianna oh, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay. probably. So no, it was like, I don't know this girl. There's, they just had to have been friends. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. friends. And I think people that were friends with them knew that, no, they were friends. And yeah. like, I think he did just take her under her wing and protect her because they were both homeless. And mm-hmm. so anyways, um, so tips started to come in, but of course, none of them really led to anything. Mm-hmm. And the families couldn't really help because... You know, they didn't really have regular contact. Exactly. It's hard to keep track of. Yeah. So uh, ballistics came back that the gun used to shoot the victims was a Colt Python 367. So this is a big gun. Yeah. A big gun. And this was then entered into the nationwide database, but it was found to not match any other crime Mm -hmm. that occurred. Um, So it was just like, okay, there's now there's a crime. Mm hmm. So, since this looked like a completely unprovoked, like, murder, it's a huge threat to the public. Right. Because it it was so random. So, it's like, 
you can't it's not a certain demographic or you know whatever it was just mm-hmm. yeah well then 28 days later on July 29th 2016 at 3:28 a.m. multiple 911 calls start coming in for multiple gunshots that were heard so people are calling in i heard gunshots i heard gunshots mm-hmm. one of the callers said that a man had been shot and he's laying on his back and blood is coming out of the back of his head so and this shooting took place on Bolin Street. It was a total suburban neighborhood. And so detectives arrive and they find a young male lying on the road in front of a driveway and there's blood like all around him. The male was identified as 21-year-old Trayvon Kindle Thompson. He was shot in the torso and the head. Mm. And there were no shell casings at the scene. Mm, so hmm. they're connecting this okay and the shots have been very accurate just like the shooting on the bike trail so mm-hmm. it's like looking it's like you're like, just walking past and shooting somebody yeah it's weird so there were many houses that could have seen what happened but the house that he was actually killed in front of mm-hmm. had a surveillance camera hmm. right right where he was shot mm-hmm. so the officers knocked on the door but nobody answered and so they knew we're gonna have to get a search warrant now Trayvon Kendall's mom was told what happened and she told officers of course he's a good guy nice guy and as usual like who could do this to him and yeah. she had said that he had actually just left her house on his bike to go to a relative's house the very house he was shot in front of oh. and so later that day detectives get the search warrant um, and they go and take the surveillance system uh, from the house and so when they reviewed the footage this is where it gets eerie so they see someone come into the frame like when I watched the video because it shows it on there and you can see this surveillance footage someone comes into frame at the top left walking and all you can see are the legs Mm -hmm. and based on the way the person's walking you could tell it was a male and then as the person is walking towards the right side of the screen you can see that he's walking he's got his hands inside of his jacket pockets mm. and then he immediately pulls out a gun from his right front pocket and starts shooting Trayvon Kendall Jeez. It, they don't show that obviously mm-hmm. but I audibly gasped when you see him pull the gun out and you see a muzzle flash I have full it's just like I have full body quick. it's just so right fast now. it's so fast I can't wow. even imagine I'm I literally have goosebumps right now mm. just thinking about it again but it happened that fast so um there were multiple muzzle flashes seen on the video mm-hmm. um and Trayvon Kindle was riding a bike you know he rode his bike mm-hmm. but there was no bike there he and stole so his freaking bike you see the man <laughs> after he shoots him put the gun back into his jacket pocket uh-huh. and pull the bike out from <laughs> underneath Oh my gosh. Trayvon Kindle's body. So he can get away fast. And he just casually goes off. It's not even like fast. Nothing happened. Not even fast. Yeah. Oh no. That's <sighs> so sad. It and really gross. is. It's, it's like that. I, it's I like have... the, the insult to injury. Like, hey, yes. this is a cool bike. I'm just going to fucking take it. Yeah. And, and I'm not even going to go fast. No, just like, doesn't care. Just like, here, I'm going to take this and bye. Oh my goodness. And I literally, like, I kind of <laughs> do too. I have chills. Gross. I have the image burned into my head yeah. of the video, mm-hmm. and it's very disturbing. Um, 
So what is interesting and and a little haunting Mm -hmm. is, as you know, the house that had the surveillance camera was a relative of his. Mm -hmm. And Trayvon Kendall had actually just fixed that security system and didn't you know it's crazy to think that he fixed it and then it caught his whole homicide his, right his the murder of the, him yes and so it, oh my God, but it, i know me too but i guess at the same time we're like well thank goodness i guess yes it, it helped yeah he just helped fix it and then it was caught <sighs> because, because if it of was him. turned off it would have mm-hmm. been i don't think it was working yeah so thankfully it was mm. because he fixed it so obviously this homicide is similar to the last one mm-hmm. same type of gun was used and there is no reason for the shooting. And, of course, the surveillance video is too grainy to make out a face. Mm-hmm. But detectives are able to see that the suspect is a taller person with tan pants and a dark jacket. And the person looked very similar to the person that they caught on surveillance near the Ship Creek mm-hmm. Trail. And um, so, you know, they're canvassing the neighborhood. And detectives actually found a couple of teenage girls that had seen the suspect that night. With or um, without the bicycle? No, the suspect. Oh, oh I think no, walking. Oh, yeah, okay. not on the bicycle. Okay. Um, so they were brought in for questioning, and they said that they looked out the window and saw a man, and they said he was tall and had scraggly long hair, and he was wearing a camouflage jacket, a mm-hmm. cap, and worker boots. So they were able to, they were actually able to help create a composite sketch of what this guy looked like. Mm-hmm. So this sketch, along with a picture of Trayvon Kendall's bike, was circulated through the media. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the bullet from Trayvon Kendall's body was gathered at autopsy and sent to ballistics. And, of course, it was determined to be the same from the same gun that was used on Jason Netter and Brianna Fo- mm-hmm. Foise. Um, so detectives now know they have a serial killer on the loose. Um, and this is all in Anchorage, Alaska. I, I said Alaska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is in okay. Anchorage, Alaska. So all of the victims were random there's no pattern or connection they're, they're not connected mm-hmm. so people started calling in tips but none of them really led anywhere and then Trayvon Kendall's mom called in a tip and she oh. said that she saw a man on what she thought was her son's bike oh gosh riding into a wooded area uh-huh. and this wooded area was where some homeless encampments or you know homeless camps are set up mm-hmm. and so this was actually just a few blocks away from where Trayvon Kendall was murdered So officers go out to the area and they find a man in a tent with a bike next to it. It looks just like Trayvon Kendall's bike. And in a tree stump, like in the stump, just a few yards away from the tent, they find a revolver. So they bring him in for questioning. Mm -hmm. And during questioning, detectives realize that the man has absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Oh, wow. And this man that they brought in was actually an ex-police officer from New York. And he had quit his job, left law enforcement, and just now lives off the grid in Alaska. Oh, wow. So detectives decide to, like, step out, take another look at the video of the shooting. Mm -hmm. And they notice that the shooter held out his arm straight while firing a gun. And this is not something an officer would do. Mm. Ex-officer, you know, you you learn how to shoot a gun the proper way. You're not going to hold one arm out and just shoot. Mm -hmm. So an officer would do what's called a weaver stance, where both arms are out in front of you in a triangle, Mm -hmm. you know, both hands on the gun. So, and then ballistics came back 
And the gun that they found in the tree stump near the man's tent was not a Colt Python. And it was so rusty that it likely hadn't been used for several years. So not the murder <laughs> He's weapon. He's just bringing it around with him. And the bike they took was, I don't even think it was his gun. I think it was just left there. Like, oh, And wow. he didn't even know it was there. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. But the bike that they, you know, took from him thinking it was Trayvon Kendall's bike, it, it's not the same bike. Yeah. This bike had like curved handlebars and Trayvon Kendall's had like straight ones. And curved. That was old It was school. like similar... <laughs> color yeah and so you could see from far away it probably does look like it, it was like a yellow orange like bright bike mm-hmm. so um with all of this the man's cleared as a suspect and he's let go one month later on august 28th 2016 at 1 43 a.m a 911 call came in and oh, no. the caller says she was in the park of the valley of the moon and wow, she found cool i know i was like oh, that's a really cool park name and um, she had found a man lying on the ground. Mm. Oh, excuse me. She said she um, he had blood on him and she tried to check his pulse and she doesn't think he's breathing and he's just not moving. So detectives arrive on the scene and the lieutenant on the scene that was there before detectives arrived say, I think we have another one of your cases. Oh, no. And the victim was found to have a gunshot wound in the back. He had been riding his bike, and the bike was actually still, like, he was still holding on to the bike when he fell. So he didn't take this one's bike? No. That's and, good. It's uh, so yeah. rude. Like, it's just, that's so sad. I know. It's like you said, insult to injury. It's, mm-hmm. it, yeah. So, no, the bike was still attached, basically attached to him. Yeah. And then officers lead detectives over to another body. Mm-hmm. And it's a man. He's sitting at a picnic table, like, so face down on the picnic table. And he had socks in his hands and his shoes were off. So it looked like he was just changing his shoes. Mm-hmm. And the 911 caller actually knew the victim that was on the bike. Um, she identified him as 25-year-old Bree D. Husson. So Bree was an environmental activist mm-hmm. and well-liked in the community. And the second victim was identified by his ID as Kevin Turner and he had lived on the streets but he had no criminal activity he was just lived on the streets Mm -hmm. and also there were no shell casings at the scene everything looks so similar to the last two cases Mm -hmm. it's random unprovoked it has to be the same guy you Mm -hmm. know we all can you know deduct that Mm -hmm. um uh there were of course no cameras and no houses within eyesight so they knew there was not going to be any surveillance um Mm -hmm. ballistics came back that the bullet matched the same gun from the last two cases you know all so all five homicides were now officially connected Mm -hmm. so a ten thousand dollar reward was announced for any information that can lead to finding the suspect close to 180 tips came in but none of them led anywhere then two and a half months later on November 12th, 2016, at 4.34 a.m., a call came in from a police sergeant that there had been an officer-involved shooting. The oh. officer was seriously injured, but was alive and was being transported to the hospital. The officer who got shot was Officer Salau, and he had actually caught the entire confrontation on his dash cam. Mm. It reminds me of that. It reminded me of that um, show that we've been watching mm-hmm. of like body the cam. body cam. Yeah. So it's once again, I'm like getting chills because it is chilling. Mm. Um, 
So earlier that evening, officers, like, they got a call that um, a female uh, had been dropped off by a taxi driver and didn't pay. So Mm -hmm. it was cab fraud. So officers were patrolling around the area looking for her. Uh And Officer Salau came up on a man walking. And so he wanted to just stop him and ask him if he saw a female matching her description. Mm -hmm. And so this is where the video starts. And it is chilling because you see this man walking. Yeah. Officer, you know, he kind of pulls up, turns on the lights to notify him. Mm -hmm. And the guy just keeps walking. And he's like, you know, hello, sir. You know, whatever. So then he gets back in his patrol car, you know, and he's following up. (laughs) Yeah. Following next to this guy. Uh And he gets on his megaphone, tells the man, this is the Anchorage police. You need to stop. And he says it a few times. And he's just driving slowly next to him. Suddenly, the man turns around. Oh, God. Here we go. He has both hands in his pockets, walks towards the driver's side, and then opens fire on Officer Slough. As he tries to exit his car. Uh, Salau had actually tripped while getting out of his car and fell into the ground. Mm -hmm. And as he was on the ground, he was being fired at. But thankfully, he was quick enough to be able to retrieve his own firearm and return Mm -hmm. fire. Um, And he actually shoots the man in the head. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, kills him. Mm -hmm. So, Salau survives the shooting, but the suspect dies. And the whole encounter happened so fast Mm -hmm. that, like, the gunfire only lasted a few seconds. Yeah. Officer Slough was shot six times. Oh, gosh. And when ballistics comes back with the results from this shooting, it is confirmed that the gun matches all five homicides. Mm -hmm. The suspect was identified as 40-year-old James Dale Ritchie. He was a bit of a wanderer, but he lived in Anchorage for most of his life. Mm -hmm. Or for a while, at least. He had some mental illness issues. That his roommate said he noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, his roommate said that James thought he could change the weather and oh. decide who lives and dies. And James matches the description and the sketch is very similar. Mm-hmm. So detectives get a search warrant for his residence and in his closet they find a box of shell casings. There were 18 shell casings total. The same exact number of shell casings that match up with the number of bullets shot in all five homicide so he was just taking them home and keeping them he kept them yeah Mm -hmm. so he had shot a total of 18 during those five homicides Mm -hmm. one of the so this one detective talking theorized that like why you know it's why would he do this Mm -hmm. so one of the the, i'm sorry (laughs) detectives said that like during the time the walking dead was like a big thing and mm-hmm. and uh, this is 2016 so it's not that well it is kind of a long while ago but yeah. so um he was just saying like maybe he thought he was you know walking around killing zombies but like i don't know but what's also really chilling is when detectives are watching that video back when he turns around when he's being followed mm-hmm. they pause it the guy is wearing a cap camo jacket work boots Mm -hmm. it's but they don't know i don't think the officer was thinking oh this is the guy we're looking for i don't think it was that so he's just thinking i'm gonna stop this guy but um yeah shot he lived and yeah so we you know there's really there's no real reason there isn't there's no when is there ever but no but in this case it's so random yeah and so there really is no true motive or reason why he killed Jason Netter, Brianna Foisey, Trayvon Kendall Thompson, Bree D. Husson, Kevin Turner, and then attempted to murder Officer Slough. But mm-hmm. he's dead. 
you know, and it's all the evidence is pretty irrefutable that it was him. He is, he was the serial killer. So I had never heard of this case until I started researching it. So it's disturbing. (laughs) You did a good job. Thanks. So until next time, stay crafty. And not cry me. Bye. Bye.